If you want to put your mark on this silo, you have to prove yourself by accomplishing a hero's journey. Our journey begins now, as we head into a world where the Earth was never hit by an asteroid and the dinosaurs survived to become farmers. Step back in time with us as we break down the good dinosaur on today's episode of I'd Like a Refund. Welcome to today's episode of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, as always, joined by my good friend, Joel. Joel, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Cameron, how are you doing today? I'm great. So good. Yeah, no, it's good times. Uh, we are officially past the holiday season. Everybody have a solid holiday? Yep. 2021's here. Uh, hopefully better than 2020. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. You, you want to say that it can't be worse, but then when you say that, you know it's something's going to Well, happen. we've it's already something. had a recording of the president saying, hey... <laughs> Give me a vote. So it's it's not starting off too hot. Yeah, it's the first uh, first satire of the year already. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, well, this week's episode, we are digging into a very famous studio as a whole, Pixar, and going into one of their more controversial films, The Good Dinosaur. Before we get started, Joel, you always have a fun question for us to start things off. Why don't you get going here? Yeah, so like you said, we're diving into some Pixar here. So I think a pretty good question, pretty common question, depending on who you talk to, is... What's your favorite Pixar film? So uh, oh. let's go ahead and start with oh, Ryan. Let's go with you, Ryan. Oof. Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, man. You know what? That's such a good question that I feel like somebody should like almost not answer it now or maybe answer it in like a separate format. Maybe like oh. if, if somebody did like a, mm -hmm. like a couple minutes, maybe an hour special edition episode of a show just oh. discussing – Pixar, maybe their top five Pixar films. That'd be a good uh, idea for like a like a do. special mini sode almost. Yeah, yeah something that like that. Sounds like a good yeah. Oh wow. And if, and if they means... released if they released it on like Monday this upcoming Monday, that would be a pretty good idea if somebody did that. Oh, like the eleventh of January. Was that what is that the date for Monday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then yes, yeah, that's a good idea. Whoever wow. we whoever we pass this idea along to, just let them know. It's a pretty good yeah, idea. We'll, yeah, that's we'll, a good yeah, idea. Good call. We'll we'll let we'll let someone else answer that on monday yeah yeah we'll talk to our agent yeah we'll get somebody on the horn for that one yeah. uh joel do you have a backup question i i guess i have to now yeah um we okay. don't want to we don't want to steal this from somebody else so we should answer a different question right <laughs> okay so let's let's stick in the world of pixar here and this shouldn't relate too much to the other question there uh but something fun about all these pixar films is they all kind of take place in these these different worlds and environments and something. So if you could live in one Pixar world, it doesn't have to be from your favorite Pixar movie, but if you can live in one Pixar world, which world do you think you would want to live in? So let's go ahead and start back with you again, Ryan. Wow. That is a fun question. <laughs> I I just imagine somebody thinking like, I want to pick Toy Story so I can live in suburban America. It's <laughs> 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 just like, yeah, I just have to live on a street corner, maybe a cul-de-sac. No. Um, that's a great that's a great question um well a lot of them actually like take feel like they take place in like the human world or but just like an offshoot of the human world. yeah you know what like i mean cars, like cars definitely the human world yeah well i mean it, i mean <laughs> if you believe in the theory that all the cars became sentient and killed all the humans then yeah like, yeah well oh a, pixar theory that's a fun yeah, one that's a fun one. Oh man that's a great question part of me leans to yeah, part of me probably leans to 
wow, this is really difficult. This is I a just, good question. Yeah, it's this hard. Is a, yeah, this is a, it doesn't help that there's like 25 of these if to we choose, choose from. Like if we choose like cars, are we a car or are we a human? I, I think you would be a car. Okay. Oh, that makes it that makes it kind of interesting. So like, um, okay, that makes sense. Actually, you know what? I have a fun answer for this. I'm going to go with Onward. Okay. I like the, the fantasy. I forgot that's a Pixar movie. I love the fantasy elements of Onward with like the wizards and the dragons and the the everything involved with that so it's it's enough that it's similar to the real world but different enough to make it interesting so i've never seen it i'm gonna go with onward it's actually crazy how many pixar movies i haven't seen now while thinking about it um because like part of me would say like like ratatouille because yeah like part of me would say that just because like i want to like live in paris and eat the food but at the same time i don't want a rat making my food for me you know also a fair point so it's like i mean it's clearly good rat food (laughs) yeah but i ain't trying to have a rat touching my food there's probably rats in some of the food that you eat anyway so (laughs) okay that's i might be poor ryan but come on (laughs) that's not what i said (laughs) oh man yeah i probably the incredibles i mean you know it's like mm. if I have a power, I want to. But at the same time, the world is being destroyed, and they're hunting down superheroes. I don't know. When you start to get into the nitty gritty, <laughs> Cameron of it, said, "I want to live in any world with Miss Incredible." Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a that's another that's a topic for a very different show. But... See, no, what kind of show are you running? <laughs> that's not my. That's not our show. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> The, the special special episode i'd like su- a refund yeah that's the super special episode late night i'd like a refund after dark <laughs> are you Karen gonna go talks about zendaya <laughs> oh these oh. <laughs> people just need to meet you on a street corner to get you to talk about that so. okay all right so are you gonna go with incredibles yeah sure why not all right cool joel this is a fun question you came up with. I'm assuming you have a good answer ready. It's funny because I really don't. Like, oh, I was struggling <laughs> just as much as you guys. I think it comes down to two different answers for me. Uh, either Monsters, Inc. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you'd want to be I, a monster. Yeah, yeah you'd want to live in the monster world. Right, but I would want to live in the monster world. Yeah. Um, or Coco, but in, in the Day of the Dead. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you want to um, be dead. Sure, if I get like a whole bunch of like good Mexican food, why not? Like, but see, like Soul would also be a good thing because I you thought know, about in Soul. Soul yeah. mm-hmm. you die, you go to the Great Beyond or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, spoilers yeah. for anyone who has. Not it's in the yeah, first five yeah. minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, this movie is still relatively new, so we probably shouldn't talk too much about it. Maybe uh, those people that are going to do that Pixar episode might talk about that. Yeah, one. Maybe. Yeah. Whoever so, they might be. So are you going to go? You said you had a second one potentially. What was the second one? I said oh, you two. Said Monster, Coco, yeah, yeah, Monsters Inc. Coco. So all right. So which one are you going to pick? I'll go with Monsters Inc. I think Monsters Inc. would be a little bit more. It's like you can just clock in. Yeah, Mike clock Wazowski. In and, you can clock in at your nine to five at the factory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just collecting screams and laughs. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a bunch of very different answers from all of us. Cameron just wants to live in like a big city. Um, I, I just pick... want food. You all know I like to eat. <laughs> what does Incredibles have to do with food? Oh, wait, that's right. I chose Incredibles, not Ratatouille. Whoops. Again. Yeah. I just want a superpower. What superpower would I do? I don't know. In, in, Incrediboy. And Incrediboy. I'm your biggest fan. I feel like I'd just be the lamest superhero. What is that, like, uh, Burbank Man? Oh. <laughs> he just only protects Burbank. <laughs> He just makes sure that all of the people that come into and out of the mall aren't shoplifting. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
<laughs> I miss be, Burbank. Oh, Burbank. Burbank misses all of us. Um, so those are a couple of the Pixar films that we've touched on. But like I said today, the Pixar film we wanted to touch on for this episode would be The Good Dinosaur. And before we get too deep into The Good Dinosaur, we're going to talk about our movie synopsis, go over a couple quick things that happen in the film to get you ready for the episode. After the unexpected death of his father, young Arlo finds himself lost and must begin a treacherous journey home. He is joined by a young cave boy, Spot, and together they encounter a handful of other creatures, both friendly and dangerous. Arlo must find the bravery within his heart to ensure that not only he, but also Spot, return home safely. So that was just a brief synopsis of The Good Dinosaur. Now, Joel, you're the one that picked The Good Dinosaur for mm -hmm. this week's episode. I just want to know a little bit more about why you picked it. Tell us about when you saw the movie and what your reason was behind everything. So I'm pretty sure I saw it opening night. If it mm. wasn't opening night, it was definitely opening weekend. This is one I was super excited about. Um, really? I, I love dinosaurs. Oh, that's true. We <laughs> um, do know that. As yeah. we know. Um, but I'm also a huge Pixar fan. I'm wearing a Pixar shirt right now. Those of you listening can't see that. Um, <laughs> so so everyone that isn't us? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I love Pixar, Walt Disney Animation, like both the studios. I, yeah. I love pretty much everything. Which one do out. you like more? Um, I've always struggled with that. That was actually almost today's question. I think at the end of the day, I would have to go with Walt Disney Animation. Are you serious? Um, yeah, I, but I, I do think love both it's re that's really close. It actually. comes down to more of a nostalgia and like the background of the studios thing as opposed to. But it's it's very close. It's hard to wait. Decide. When we're talking about like Walt Disney Animation, that's including like, that's the studio that does like Frozen and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're still releasing Walt Disney Animation films yeah. separate from Pixar films right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just because they're all like they're all the 3D model rendering and all that that sometimes people get confused, like which is which. Oh, well, yeah. I, I just think it's funny that the Plane series is the one that neither wants to uh, yeah, wants claim. To, yeah, no one claims which it. One, that isn't, doesn't like the straight to DV, or like the straight to home video ones, they're the ones that do planes? I don't, well, I thought the first planes uh, came out. The very out first theater. planes came out in theaters, planes, fire, and rescue. No, did I, not. I, yeah, yeah, I. No, Planes, Fire, and Rescue did, I thought. I thought they both came to theaters. What I'm saying, though, is that neither of those studios actually make it. I don't no, know who made Planes. It was, I'm pretty sure it was made by Pixar, but not as, like... Wait, no, Pixar it didn't make it. No, it's it's not Pixar. I know then, Pixar Pixar worked on it, I'm pretty sure, but I don't think they... Uh, I think I it's like, I, I think it is their straight-to-DVD studio that made those movies, but they put them out in theaters because they had like the wasn't Dane Cook I, in those so, movies? So, so, so yeah, I, I, I what the hell? So I looked it up a little bit because uh, uh, just a little bit in from planes. Uh, it's Disney Toon Studios was the there producer. It is. Yeah. So yeah, it's the it's like a subset of Walt Disney Pictures, um, but it's also a spinoff of the Cars franchise. So that's where people what are right. some confused. other movies that that studio's done? Disney Toon Studios. Yeah, well, let's see. It's uh, probably their their like television animation group too. That's what I'm thinking. I, I wonder if um I wonder if a Goofy movie is a part of that. Um, all right, so I got a couple here. Um, oh, the um the third Aladdin film, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Okay, oh. yep. So like I said, yeah. the straight to yeah. uh the Ducktales movie. Um, oh, Return of Jafar was one as well. Um, which is which is really funny. The story with those three Aladdin films is like, you've got like the super high scale Aladdin and then return of Jafar just looks like the old Aladdin cartoon that was on like, mm -hmm. what did they call it? Like Toon Disney or whatever it was called that channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and then and then King of Thieves, they went back to I don't think it went into theaters, but I know they got Robin Williams back for the third one because they had Dan Castellaneta do the voice of the genie in the second one, and everybody was like, "What? What is this? Like, <laughs> who's making this? Who did this? Oh yeah, it's like oh, oh wow, it is like all of their uh, all of their directed video sequels. I got there a couple. Go. I got a couple of these. I'll just run through them real quick. Um, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, mm, great one. Pocahontas Two, Journey to a New World. That's yeah. I I remember watching that. The Lion King two, Simba's Pride. I think that's the only one on this list that I've actually seen. Um, You never saw Lion King one and a half. It's the best Lion King. No, I don't think that's one of them. Um, Or at least at least early on, it's not. Um, Because it it went from Disney movie tunes to then to Disney Tune Studios. Um, What else we got on here? Um, The Little Mermaid two, Return to the Sea. Um, (laughs) Cinderella, Cinderella two, Dreams Come True. Did they do Cinderella three? Is there a Cin- Oh, there is a Cinderella. Yeah, that's the yeah. one where yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Go back in time or whatever. Yeah, Cinderella three, a twist in time. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was one of them. Um, Pooh's Heffalump movie was one of these. <laughs> uh, the Tinkerbell film in 2008. Oh, I forgot about that. That's and not also- the Pixie Hollow one, is it? No, that's a different one. Um, yeah. And then and then that I think that was the last one for this studio before they closed. Um, but there were also some ones that they had in pre-production that never got made. You guys know about any of those? No. So so there was a Seven Dwarfs movie that was based around the viewpoint of just the dwarfs. That's incredible. There's the movie and, that literally no one asked for. Right? And then there was going to be sequels to Pinocchio, uh The Aristocats, and then these two are really funny that they were going to have sequels. Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. We're all going to get sequels. Those are both good movies, though. What? Chicken, Chicken Little, Little is not, not great, a good movie. No, but Chicken it's a not good. Oh no, Chicken Little is worth it when you're like 12 years old. That is no. a great movie. I was Meet like the Robinsons years old and I thought is it fantastic. Sucked. Yeah, Cameron, but you think everything sucks. That's not true. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen a. I haven't seen Meet the Robinsons. It's it's on my Meet the Robinsons is good. Meet the Robinsons is good. It's better than we Chicken all, Little. We also oh, have. Same um, question. We also have like all of the direct-to-video Winnie the Pooh movies. Uh, there's too many to go over. Those are all on here. Are um, those canon? Is any what is canon for the Winnie? <laughs> yeah, the Pooh and the universe? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> How do we answer that? Is Christopher Robin the live-action movie the canon one? The one no, with Ewan McGregor. Can't, can't yeah, it's not. Canon. It's not with all the stuffed animal ones. There's supposed to be stuff. There's supposed to be stuffed animals, though, right? Isn't that like part of the? Yeah, lore that's how of they Winnie started. The like they are act. They were based on actual stuffed animals. That's no, but right. like okay. in, but like in the show, are they stuffed animals? Yeah, in the. Is yeah, it just it, all in Christopher Robin's head? Well, there's like, <laughs> are you saying like he's a mental patient? Yeah, he's like, oh, some stuff. <laughs> he's in the insane asylum, which is called the Hundred Acres Woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. Pooh's like, you'll never get out. Oh my! I didn't even know about some of these. Uh, the Jungle Book Two, One Hundred One Dalmatians Two, The Hunchback of Notre Isn't Dame. Isn't it called One Hundred and Two Dalmatians? No, that's the live action one. Is called One Hundred and Two Dalmatians. This one is oh, One Hundred One. A... It's One Hundred One Dalmatians Two Patches London Adventure. Oh my God. Um, Why would they call it 101 Dalmatians 2? That's the uh, dumbest thing in the world. And they, and they, I, I'm surprised they didn't spell it like T-O-O. <laughs> they like did. Twitches 2. Yeah, it's just the Roman numerals. Um, Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure is on here. Uh, both Goofy <laughs> movies are on here, which the first one is great and the second one exists. Um, <laughs> see, well, see, here's the thing about the Goofy movies. I grew up with the second one. I thought that was the Goofy movie, the oh, one where they go no. to college. I didn't. I thought that because that's the what? one we had, and then 
I found out that the one where they like go on like the trip or whatever, I always thought that that was the second one. So I grew up. (laughs) Yeah, I always grew up with the thinking. There was only only five years in between them, though. That's crazy. I didn't even think of that. Um, I remember just I feel like Extremely Goofy Movie was just more prominent for our age group. But I went back and watched the original one and it's definitely Mm. much better. Uh, it's definitely not as extreme as the goofy yeah. e- the goofy X games, X games that we have in that one. Yeah. Um, then there's it was okay. like a combined oh, prank right. and goofy movie. It was so weird, but it's I still like it. Um, then goofy get goofy like gets hesitant romance with the librarian, which is just like sure, yeah, why not? We'll throw that in there. <laughs> I went to college, I got married, I got my degree. Good for goofy. Goofy, goofy deserves some. He know? does. He does. Goofy's had a rough life. He deserves it. Um, there's also so Return to Neverland is on here, the Peter Pan. Oh uh, yes. Uh, uh, Atlantis got a sequel. Have you guys seen Atlantis? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, Atlantis is great. Atlantis, I, the, the first Atlantis is, is good. So bad. Yeah, oh bad. my god. What do they um, find in that one? No, it's like a collection <laughs> of like stories. Yeah. So originally, uh, originally Atlantis was supposed to get a like afternoon cartoon show, mm-hmm. and all they they got canceled before they even released any on uh, on the network. So they had three episodes done. So they, did just, they just put turn- they did they oh just turned them into a movie. Oh my god, are you serious? That's what you got Cinder- the Clone Wars treatment. But Cinderella three did that. It was just like three individual stories too, where she's no, like Cinderella three wasn't. I thought it was. I, no, I, I thought it I, was a singular timeline because it I was can't. like, what if the godmother had the powers of the or her? What if her stepmother had the powers of the godmother or whatever? Guys, there are so many of these. There's so many. <laughs> Long story short, they're the ones who did planes, and that's I, why planes are so bad. I just want to run through the last couple that I find interesting. Lion King one and a half. Yes. Um, Great Mulan, one. Mulan two. Tarzan. Boogaloo. Tarzan two. Um, Lilo very and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch Two. Names. I know, right? Lilo and Stitch Two. Stitch has a glitch. I like uh, that's a good Stitch one. Two. I also like that one. Uh, Kronk's New Groove. Um, Bambi Two. But that one actually got a theatrical release as well. Bambi Two. Brother Bear got a sequel. Brother what? Bear Two. I never saw Brother Bear Two. Um, uh, well, Brother Bear One was bad. The Fox and the Hound Two. Oh God. Um. What? Does the end of the there's, movie? There's another Little Mermaid one, which is like a prequel, Ariel's Beginning. And then how, a, how is then... there a prequel to Ariel? She just exists. <laughs> I don't what know. What does it show? I don't know. I haven't seen what? any of these. And then, then all they did after that was uh, Tinkerbell and Planes movies from mm. like 2008 until 2015. That was all they did. And they said, you know, let's just shut this down. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you know what? We've had a good run. Um, so those are, those are all of those movies that I would imagine we all think are worse than the good dinosaur, but Joel, I'll let you get back into telling us why you picked this movie. Yeah. So really the, the big thing is that I'll say this up front. Um, and you guys may disagree. I, I really don't think the movie is that bad, but when you compare it to the rest of Pixar's, you know, library of films that they've released it just doesn't stand out as one of the best or even close to really one of the best there's a lot of stuff that it just doesn't really hit the mark with that a lot of other pixar films do um so for me it was more of a hey i remember walking out of this and i i enjoyed it the first time i saw it, you know i was like yeah this wasn't bad but the more i saw of it and the more i really thought about it i was like you know that it just didn't feel like a pixar film or at least in the same caliber as the rest of their films um, so this was kind of a way for me to get to revisit it and get to see what your guys' thoughts are going to be on it as well. So, like, this might this might be controversial. 
Um, but last week when you guys said you just didn't want to watch A Wrinkle in Time, and I didn't want to watch it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I felt with this week. I started watching this movie at like 10 o'clock today, mm-hmm. and I finished it at like 4.50. Like... I like I literally you watched it, did you watch it in 10 minute intervals yeah essentially I was just like I would just watch it and be like this is boring and then like like go do something else or like yeah. work or whatever and like I just like I was just watching this and I was like I like I remember seeing it in theaters and being like yeah this is fine like the animation is cool and like I but just watching it today I was just like yeah, there's nothing keeping me watching this mm-hmm. movie. Like, if I didn't have to watch it, I mean, it was the same thing with Wrinkle in Time. But I, I even think then Wrinkle, like, I, I think Wrinkle in Time is a terrible movie, and I fell asleep during that one. But like, I feel like this, I feel like this is just the same thing. It was like, at least Wrinkle in Time had some things that like I could like, kind of be like, oh, this is like talking about how obnoxious the direction was and like the camera angles and stuff like this. I think the biggest thing about the good dinosaurs is it's just so ridiculously generic. Like mm-hmm. it's very much like anyone could have made this. It you almost know? feels like Pixar watched all of their other movies and we're just like, let's take something from each one exactly. and put it in this movie. Yes. It's like a, it feels like Pixar does DreamWorks, but like it, it was like a plug and play is what yeah. it felt like. Yeah. You know? Well, it's a really weird choice by them uh, to not not to make this movie, but what they chose to do with it. Cause I don't know if you guys know about the director for this film. Uh, mm-hmm. His name's Peter Zahn, I believe is how you say his last uh, name. Sohn, I think it was. Sohn. Okay. Peter Sohn. Um, he's actually just like, he, he's an, anim- he was started out as an animator for mm-hmm. Pixar. Like he was an animator and then he was on like the pre-production teams. And then he was part of post. Like he's basically an executive at Pixar. Are you going to he- go through the history of this movie? Yeah. I was going to say, do you, like, were you going to touch on like why he was the director? No, if you guys want to touch on Cause that. Because I, I was actually curious. I was more curious about how this movie got made than the actual movie itself. So between one of my breaks of my 10-minute segments of The Good Dinosaur, <laughs> I went and I like looked up and found out that this movie had gone through yep. so many changes. I mean, yep. mm-hmm. I mean, this movie was kind of in development hell forever. They even scrapped the entire original cast. I think the yep. only person that they kept was Sam Elliott. Uh, I think for ob- for obvious reasons. Yeah, like John Lithgow was supposed to be part yeah. of the cast. Like yeah. they like this movie went through so much, um, and then like they literally scrapped the entire um, the entire storyline multiple times. Yeah. So they Bob Peterson was supposed to be the original director. This was actually his idea. And just with different things going on, different creative differences, he ended up being pulled off the project. And um, Peter Sohn was the one who got put in to replace him. And Peter Sohn had been part of the development uh, pretty much since the beginning. So the very original idea, like at its base level, was a boy and dog story except instead of a boy and dog it was Arlo the dinosaur and before without Spy. you even saying that that's what I thought when I watched it mm-hmm. it was like this seems like a boy and his dog yeah yeah exactly and so that's what it started off and the only thing that they knew was they wanted it to be a dinosaur with the dog being a human um, and so it went through a lot of different problems um, 
Pixar had some massive layoffs. I think the biggest layoffs in their company history in the middle of this production. Um, this was also released the same year as Inside Out, and that was the first time that yeah. Pixar had ever released two movies in the same year. And I wanted to a- I wanted to ask you real real quick. I, uh-huh. You may touch on this. Where does this fit in the timeline with all the Lasseter stuff? Uh, this is post Lasseter. Is it? Okay, is it the uh, first one post Lasseter? Um, it could be because I think he still had a little bit of a part of Inside Out, um, at least a story credit. I mean, he, well, no, because well. Uh, there's no way that this didn't pass through Lassiter without no, he, he, long it. But yeah, and then, like I said, on top of that, you know, this movie coming out after Inside Out, had this come out before Inside Out, I think it may have been uh, appreciated a little bit more. But, like, to come out after Inside Out, is it, that's a tough act to follow. Uh, it was, took it, over it, yeah, so the, the EPs on this are Lassiter, Stanton, and Unkrich. Yeah, so they each took... Uh, kind of individual portions of so this. Do- pete doctor isn't attached to this movie in any he way. is not thank no. god he was he was that man can do no wrong yeah he was busy working on probably the next pixar well he was working game. on well he was working he would have been working on he Inside just finished. Out. oh yeah yeah, he, yeah well, you're right in the yeah. same time he's yeah working pete on doctor's out. pete doctor's a director for pixar and if you're not familiar with the movies that he's done he's basically four for four with pixar like, yeah and I mean, he's now the uh, the president of pixar ex- Exactly. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he took over. He took over Pixar, and Jen Lee took over uh, Walt Disney Animation. Oh, Mm -hmm. see, I did not know. See, that's he did. So he did Monsters Inc., Soul, Inside Out, and um, Up, right? Up, Up. Yeah. Yep. I mean, four for four. I mean, come on, dude. (laughs) Dude's incredible. Dude's a genius. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like we were saying, to be released after Inside Out, that's really a tough act to follow. I think, had this film come out before Inside Out, it may have been, you know appreciated a little bit more um but that's definitely hard to to be the next film right after inside and out I'm, I'm i'm gonna be honest i don't think pixar really did a great job of advertising this movie mm-hmm. like i worked at a movie theater uh when this movie came out and just the crowd population for inside out versus good dinosaur was just massively different yeah. you know um just the i mean the issue is is that Good Dinosaur doesn't even look like a Pixar film. Mm-hmm. That's it, a, that's a great point. Like it does, it does just feel out of place. Yeah, with yeah. the rest of Pixar's. Films. It very like, much feels like a movie that has gone through development hell. Like yeah. it very much does feel like okay, well we've put all this time, in, like it's a sunk cost kind of thing. We've put all this time into it. We have to release it. Well, it's funny that you say sunk cost because this could lead us into talking about the actual financial numbers for the film. So the budget for this film is probably online with most Pixar movies, especially around that time. It was $175 million, the budget for The Good Dinosaur. It's a big budget. It's a big budget, yeah. Animation. Um, yeah, animation budgets are huge. And like we, we, we don't have to touch on the cast too much because there's not a lot of familiar faces. There's really only four cast members that are of note. It's um, Francis McDormand. Uh, plays the mom. Jeffrey Wright is the dad. Steve Zahn is like the what do they call him? Thunderclap, Thunderclap. The villain. Yeah, he's yeah. like one of the villains. And uh, Sam Elliott, who's probably, in my opinion, is the standout member of the cast as uh, Butch the T Rex. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else, reason, everybody I, else is. In, yeah, go ahead. For some reason, I thought that the dinosaur that his character wore a cowboy hat. That's how I remembered it. That's how I remembered. I mean, it. he could he could a, have been, a handlebar mustache. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot to mention uh, Anna Paquin is in this. I was as gonna well. say Anna Paquin's Do, in yeah. there doing her Southern Belle impression, the one that she basically could have done for Rogue in the X Men movie. Uh-huh. She does it in this one, um, which is really funny to me. Oh, and also, uh, Peter Sohn is He's actually in this as well. He's the, the Triceratops pet collector. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's in the he's oh, in the, I because I didn't I didn't part. I didn't mention that he is actually a voice actor for Pixar as well. He was Squishy in Monsters University, um, amongst some other additional voices he's done in his time over there. But they have they famously like, will have their staff come in and voice mm-hmm. extra characters as well. Yeah, Linguini um, and uh, Ratatouille was voiced by uh, Lou Romano, yeah. who is <laughs> just an, like an animator. Yeah, well, they, I mean they did not get a high profile cast for Ratatouille, but that's a discussion for it. another day. Yeah, they did great. Um, so anyway, uh, budget 175 million dollars. The domestic opening weekend just a hair over 39 million. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's so bad. Their total domestic box office gross was just over 123 million, and their total was 332.2 million dollars yeah thank goodness for um international box yeah, office. international box office carried them which is very different from a lot of the films that we've uh talked about so far and just like a lot of films in general like i don't know what international audiences saw in this movie but maybe it's just the fact that here we can't speak for other countries but here in america pixar has such a high standard mm-hmm. that people just probably skip this one because they they heard it just wasn't worth their time I think I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say one of the reasons why this movie performed better outside of America is because this is I mean this movie is kind of similar to Wally in the aspect that there is not very much dialogue. A ton of dialogue. It yeah, is very right. much much a visual film, and so I feel like just in general that's going to translate better to international screens. And it's because I and I don't know if this is completely wrong, but I don't feel like Wally performed that great at the box office. I know it's kind of um, a lot of people hold it in really high regards because it is kind of more of a it is one of the more experimental films that uh, Pixar has done. You um, you would be correct that uh, Wally was outpaced internationally than domestically. Uh, yeah, for their box office. Yeah, and I do think that a lot of that comes down to. In America, animation is kind of seen as like a kid's kind of of thing, where in other countries it's, you know, animation could be a little bit more mature. But also the lack of dialogue um, is also going to translate better to (laughs) translate funny word uh, is going to perform better in other countries, I feel. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, performance wise, financially, it like that's a very low number especially for animated films and this came out right around thanksgiving so yeah it's not like Thanksgiving movie right it's not like an excuse where they can say like well we just released it at a bad time because like yeah they they skipped the summer but i believe inside out came out early summer so they weren't gonna right they weren't gonna eat themselves at the box office so it made sense if they were gonna do two uh to release good dinosaur around the holidays um so there's no real excuse for them not to do well except for the fact that uh the movie's just not good like because a lot of Thanksgiving movies just just kill it at the box office because mm-hmm. so many people are off work for basically. Yeah, didn't Knives week. Out come out at Christmas or at Thanksgiving and that movie it, killed it? It was yeah, an original mo- R-rated movie. That yeah. Toy Story two came out on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, so did Thor Ragnarok and all uh-huh. those movies just crushed it, um, amongst many others. So uh, financial wise, this was a. Re- would you say financially this might be the first real miss for Pixar? Because Wally, we mentioned Wally. Wally still grossed over five hundred million on a budget of mm-hmm. one hundred and sixty. I think is this like the first real miss financially? I mean, f- under forty for your opening weekend for a Pixar film. It just nowadays just seems like it could never happen. I know in terms of like audience response and stuff, Cars two and Cars three aren't up there. But how did they do? You know, I think those. I think they make those movies purely for merch because I can't. I don't know oh, how absolutely. the. Well, obviously, but I don't know how well the movies themselves do. But I know the merch sells insanely. 
Worldwide, so, uh, Cars 2 brought in $559 million. Yeah, I was going to say, all three Cars movies, their opening weekends grossed over $55 million mm-hmm. at the box office. So at least $15 million, their opening okay. weekend is higher than The Good Dinosaur. I'm really I, I, I'm really interested in what Soul would have looked like if it got a theatical release. That's a great point. Oh, it would have been huge, yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I, I, I think interested in that. I th- well, I mean, their recent films have done exceptionally well at the box office. Coco did great. Um, Incredibles 2 did great. Toy Story 4 did great. I know some of those are well-established sequels of some of the more popular films. Yeah, Coco did well. That's right. Yeah, no one knew that Coco was going to be a major hit. And Coco came out, I think that was also a Thanksgiving film, I'm pretty sure. So, fun fact or fun little anecdote about that movie. I didn't know what that movie was about. Um like I, I hadn't really seen the trailers or anything. I just knew it was about Mexican culture or whatever. I think they hit the real premise behind it in the trailers. Yeah. So I had, I had a really good friend in college who, um, she really, she really wanted to see it. She was Mexican. She was like, Oh, I'm really so, I'm so excited that my culture is being portrayed in, you know, a big Pixar movie. Like I'm super excited about it. And so her grandma had just died a couple of days before. And so I thought, Hey, why don't I, you know, treat her, you know, we'll go see a movie. We'll try to, we'll get her mind off of this whole grandma thing. So I take her to oh, see Coco. No. So I take oh, her no. to see Coco oh, and no. we sit and we sit down and the very first scene happens. And I'm like, are you kidding? I am. And so the entire movie, my friend was bawling and she was like, don't look at me. Don't look at, and I was like, well, I messed up big time with this one. Yeah. That's a, that's a, you probably, you probably picked like literally the worst movie. To go yeah. Ba- yeah. <laughs> based on the, based on the scenario. Yeah. So not a lot of people saw the movie, the good dinosaur, but the people that did see it, the rating actually isn't, as terrible as maybe you would think it is the rotten Tomatoes score for the good dinosaur for the critics sits at 76 percent which is by far the highest score we have of our movies that we've talked about on our show but in terms of pixar there are only three films that are lower and it's all three cars films Um, (laughs) yeah all three all three cars films are the only ones lower uh, than the good dinosaur with cars one at 74 uh, cars three at 69 and cars two, Pixar's biggest bombshell rating wise at a 39 percent I actually I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something I, I actually like cars too I actually enjoyed that movie. I, okay I have avoided cars too because of the fact like I love cars like I unironically very much enjoy cars and I'm not one to normally listen to other people's like uh, opinions on movies. Cause I'm like, I might see it completely differently as this show has proven. Um, but I've heard nothing but bad things about cars two and three. So that's why I've never seen either of them. See, I don't like the first cars. I think I, it's whatever. I, I really, I think the first cars is really good, but I know cars two gets a lot of hate. I feel like that if that movie wasn't a Pixar movie, it would be rated better. Like if it was just like DreamWorks was like, Hey, we have this movie about, buses that like i don't know like if it was just like a random thing that wasn't cars i feel like it might be rated a little bit better but but because it's like it is a a pixar movie it was given kind of people expected much had much higher standards and they didn't like that they took the characters from the first one and turned it into like a spy movie which i guess Mm -hmm. yeah is kind of weird (laughs) going off of the first one 
but like it's just really weird what they do because in the first one it's very much like all of the characters are a part of the story and then the second one is almost entirely about mater and then in the third yeah. one he's he's barely in it and it's all about lightning again so it's i just, would like it's just to, really weird i would like to point something out just so everyone understands how much we don't care about the good dinosaur is we have made it 40 minutes into this episode and of all the pixar movies we have talked about the good dinosaur probably the least <laughs> well that's that begs the question actually i wanted to ask joel joel with the good dinosaur now that you've re rewatched it do you think it's the worst Pixar movie? Your opinion, not not box office, not critic rating. Your opinion. Do you think this is the worst Pixar movie? Having not seen Cars two or three, and those being the only Pixar films I've never seen, I would rank it at the the bottom of okay. all the Pixar films I've seen. Um, yeah, I mean it 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 just as you guys are both saying, it seems like this was almost kind of like a plug and play, like you know what, this has gone through so much already. What can we do just to get this to the point where we can release it? And besides the environments, because the environments in this are off the charts. Yeah, they're yeah. so cool. I, it, they look as, great. as beautiful as Soul was, because Soul was great, uh, because this is so, like, nature-heavy, like, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that I think these could be the best environments of any Pixar film, because it is just if you take a screen grab of any part and just take the dinosaur out, like I would think you were showing me a photo of like a national park or something like well, that. Well, it's funny you, know? you say that. It's funny you say that. Cause then we have that comment when we send out the poster of like the coming soon on Instagram, like that one guy said, uh, one of our followers said that it was like an ad for Wyoming basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, so funny. I was watching this movie. I was like, why is this all in Wyoming? Yeah, yeah no, it's, it is gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but then like the character animation, like, I don't know. It just they didn't really look like Pixar characters fit. to me. It look it looks it looks a little cheap. Mm -hmm. um, it I doesn't look like Pixar. Yeah, the character no. designs are weird. I personally don't think I'm the I think I'm the only one here that's seen every Pixar film up until this point. Um, I personally don't think this is the worst Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's probably maybe three or four that are worse than this one. Really? What are um, they? Uh, what did I? I would say I think Monsters University is worse than this. Oh no! Yeah, I think that hurts. I like I, Monsters University. It's. I think it's. I, well, I guess I haven't really even said this. I actually like the Good Dinosaur. I think I'm. I think I like it the most out of the three of us. I agree that it doesn't fit the standard of Pixar, mm -hmm. but I think, like you guys said, if this came from another studio, if this was a DreamWorks film, I don't think it would be as criticized as it really is. It's just because of the studio that made it maybe makes people feel like it should be better yeah, than I mean, it is. Well, I feel like if this was a DreamWorks movie, we wouldn't, no one would even be talking that's a, about that's it. A fair, that's yeah. a fair point. That's a very fair point. It would just kind of go into oblivion like all other, you know dreamworks movies that no you know other than shrek like how to train and your dragon and, it would, and yeah panda it would have uh it would have its own land at universal studios though. it'd be like it'd be like the I, croods does anyone talk about the croods no it just got a sequel but everyone forgot about that the first mm -hmm. one even existed you know i mean i kind of touched on it earlier but i mean like you said ryan i i really don't think i dislike this movie it's just not the best of their work which was kind of why i was like hey this will be an interesting one to talk about because it's not necessarily a bad movie. It just is the worst movie in a line of incredible films. You know, like Pixar is known, like you said earlier, especially in the U.S., to be this kind of like the studio when it comes to animation. Even nowadays, it probably surpassed Walt Disney Animation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this one just didn't hit it. Yeah, Disney's lucky that they actually – uh, bought them right what it was like 10 or so years ago 10 15 years ago somewhere around uh, then um I don't remember what it's year hard it to keep track of what yeah year, what year, what year disney bought who 
Yeah. Well, um, they're one lucky thing they I did. see, one thing I see people saying is that Pixar of new is not as good as uh, as Pixar of old, and I think that's kind of ridiculous. I feel like you could say that about the sequels, but when we're talking about originals and like new originals, I feel like the new originals are just as good as, if not better, than some of the old originals. And I, we could talk about that, you know, if there's another episode that's ever done, you know, that thing that you were talking about earlier with other people, that's, I'm sure that they could talk about it. You know, we don't want to get into that too much, but, um, I feel like that kind of criticism, like old Pixar is better than new Pixar. I feel like you just have to get rid of sequels because... Well, I'll just give you a quick question for that to respond to. The mo- the three most recent uh, original idea Pixar films, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they're Soul, Onward, and Coco. Yep. Does that sound right? Yep. So let's say back when they had the run in the early 2000s of Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and Incredibles. Do those compare... I think, and to be, I haven't seen Onward, so I can't honestly say anything, but we'll go one before Onward and we'll say Inside Out. Um, or what? Or, yeah, so it was like, I think Inside Out was before that, the most recent original. But I think Inside Out was closer to the early 2000s than it is now. Like, when did that come Inside out? Inside Out was released in 2017, the same year as this. Yeah. Oh, you mean 2015? Uh, 2015. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I think that the I think that the originals are on par, if not. Can I, I touch well, on what you what you had mentioned, Cameron, about people not liking the newer ones? Yeah, I feel like when Pixar first got started, though the morals and the values of the films themselves were these real life things that we could all kind of attach to, they were still very playful and sort of like fantasy ish. Whereas more recently, a lot of these films have gotten real and like existential you know like covering a lot of things that are very very human um things that a lot of us go through and though pixar films have always been known for kind of you know tugging at your heartstrings a little bit and kind of drawing out those emotions you know you look at a movie like soul inside out coco like those are very hard hitting movies with very real life subject matter that I think a lot of the earlier I guess I films. Get that. I think to- I think Toy you know, Story three is where it takes that turn that yeah. you're talking about. I think I, that's I the guess, first one. I guess I get that, and I guess my answer to that is that Pixar grew with its audience. Yeah, right? and I think I that uh, like I yeah. don't think there's a problem with them going that route, but I think a lot of people could interpret that sort of change as like oh, well, they're not that same, you know, kids studio that they used to be. They're not making these fun, whimsical movies. Now these movies are starting to get a little too dark. Not necessarily dark, but, you know, like I said, too real. I mean, well, if we look at Up, I mean, you know, that when did Up come out? It was 2008, 2008 I believe. Yeah. I believe, yeah. And so, you know, it starts off with, you know, his wife dying. Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's... Spoiler. If you haven't seen <laughs> Up by now, I mean, you know, um. but... No, I, I I get what I get. I mean, what you're I mean, even going back to Finding Nemo, it starts out with mm-hmm. the mother and all yeah, the babies dying. Yeah, that's so true. That's not something that they ever shied away from. Like in For Incredibles sure. in two thousand and four, they kill like a thousand superheroes in that movie. We yeah. just don't we just don't that's see true. it. That's true. So it's Pixar loves death. Pixar loves doing that. Well, Disney as a whole does that. They kill parents mm-hmm. in like every movie. Um, <laughs> death so, to the parents. So I think it's about that time for us to really get into the meat of the good dinosaur. But before we do that, I want to throw it to our quick sponsor. So we're going to get into the meat of the good dinosaur. One thing that I thought was very interesting is the very opening of the film. 
when they show like the asteroids clanging together and then it knocks one out of rotation and it's heading towards mm -hmm. earth like clearly i believe this was a shot in the trailer too like the first teaser yes. trailer they show this i just thought it was a really interesting premise to go into um like hey what if the big bang never happened like, i think that's a really interesting idea but apparently according to uh the people involved with this movie all the dinosaurs just become farmers like, yeah that's all they do that's all it turns into which i actually weird. really liked that opening by the way like yeah yeah when it happens opening. i like laughed when the the comet flies over the, the top story. and the dinosaurs are just like yeah they just turn their right. heads back yeah. yeah i would have liked to see I, I i know that it's not original but i would like to see a whole civilization i would like to see them a little bit more civilized maybe that's uh, what they're gonna do in jurassic world 3 yeah well i um <laughs> Well, I just think it's interesting because going back to the whole, like all the things that were scrapped, one of the things I was reading is that they wanted to have Arlo's like character be like, have it dealing more with like the culture and community of the dinosaurs. And like mm -hmm. Arlo's character itself is dealing with being kind of shunned or not connecting with the culture of dinosaurs. And like, I get that that's like kind of what happens here but it was supposed to be like on a bigger scale and like explore that a little bit more but he only like... he only meets like 10 dinosaurs yeah total yeah, in this yeah movie. that exactly. sounds more like a like zootopia but with dinosaurs yeah. is kind of what it sounds yeah, like. yeah and zootopia was great because of that uh -huh. right um and so but they were like oh that's not something we really wanted to explore but reading that i was like well i think that would have been a little bit more interesting yeah i mean there's there's a lot of ways they could have gone to make this movie more yeah. interesting um so we do another time jump and then we see uh mama and papa uh what are the what type of dinosaurs are these again joel they're patasauruses patasauruses they've learned yeah. english yeah if yes, you're not familiar with the english if you're not familiar with the patasaurus think the long necks like in land before time it's the same kind of dinosaur it's like bronchiosauruses yeah, yeah similar like in jurassic like in jurassic world fallen kingdom where they show the one dying in the volcanic ash it's that kind of dinosaur we don't talk about that <laughs> we do we we try not to um but we see that uh they're about to have three eggs hatch and there's one egg that's much bigger than the other ones and that's the one that our protagonist arlo hatches out of he hatches out last and he's much smaller than his siblings mm -hmm. and they kind of play into that with this character even right at the beginning um he's basically born afraid of the entire world um and that's his character arc for what a mood for like an hour and <laughs> like an hour and 10 minutes of this movie he's just scared of everything yeah is he an interesting protagonist because of that or is he kind of lackluster because he doesn't change too much until the very end he's cute yeah, it, it took a long time for them to get there um yeah i, I agree with cam there like when they first show him in the little yeah. er, in the egg yeah. and he's like <laughs> like you know pinned against the back of the egg like he's terrified yeah. i think that's adorable and yeah the I baby like, the baby dinosaur designs were very cute i liked I liked the way Papa was with him yeah. to start. Yes. Because yeah. he was very, like, protective good with him. Yeah, like, hey, like, he I know he's against little. against the cliche. You yeah, know, he's like, like he's oh, little. my son needs to be this. You know? Right. And he started off very, like, he'll get there. Like, he, he he's just got some learning to do. You know, he'll, as, he'll grow. As, as he keeps getting chased by chickens every day. Yeah, yeah. And he, he, he keeps, like, it almost looks like the mom, Mama, who uh, uh, Francis McDormand's character, is the one who's a little bit more like okay like come on now like he needs to be better than this and the dad keeps coming to his defense and he's like no like he'll get there you know um so i really liked that relationship there toward the beginning well let's talk about like when he keeps saying like he'll get there like what the reasoning behind that is so as the kids get a little bit older and they just time jump a couple times very mm -hmm. quickly in this 
we see that uh, Mom and Papa built a silo for them to store all of their rations for the winter. And they do this thing where they they put their, I guess, paw prints or whatever. They yeah, leave their footprints their, their footprints. They leave their mark on it. They stick their feet in the mud and put like the the mark on the silo. And Papa tells the three kids, like, if you like fulfill your duties with us here at the farm, you'll get your mark on the silo just like uh, me and your mama. And I was thinking, like, hey, like that's pretty cool. Like building a silo that looks really well done. Like that's mm-hmm. difficult. So they're gonna have to do. They're all gonna have to do like very difficult tasks. The two things that the siblings do don't seem that difficult in terms of at farming. All. So the the one son Buck, all he does is like clear out some like trees. Um, so he like bites them and tosses them off to the side mm-hmm. and he does this whole clearing and they're like, great job, son, go put your mark up there with us. <laughs> and the, the daughter Libby, she just digs the holes like to plant the crops, like mm-hmm. with, she uses her snout to do it, which is something that we saw the mom doing earlier right. in the film when it first started. So it was just really weird that like, they're very mundane tasks. It's almost like, uh, if it was like nor like, like a human people on a farm, and like the father was like, okay, son, it's time to earn your stripes here with us at the farm. And he just like cleaned out the chicken coop. And they're like, that's enough. Like, yeah, you did, like, that's you good. can put your mark on the wall now. Yeah, that's good enough on our end. But then, Cameron, that's when we see that Arlo really struggles to find his thing to do with his mark. And it really plays into his um, scared nature. And his father notices that. So what does he have Arlo do to like kind of take over because this is where the film really gets started once we find out what arlo's task is yeah so arlo is supposed to there's a critter that has been taking their corn and the dad's like that's not good so he has arlo come over and he's like hey arlo we're gonna set up a trap and i need you to watch the trap and then when we catch the critter you got to go over it to it and bash its brains out literally like the dad's like like you want to earn your mark kill this critter like with a log yep it's like yeah, that's, a pointy it's like, log it was it's like it, that scene in christmas vacation where they're trying to catch the squirrel and they're like, clark yeah, what are you gonna it, do with a hammer it's it like looks, i'm gonna ca- i'm gonna catch in the coat smack it with a hammer it's it looks like easy. the like the bat that negan has in the walking, walking dead oh Lucille, the, yeah yeah it looks like that it does you're right and he's like kill it with this and you're like whoa dad yeah. this is dark <laughs> Well, Arlo's all into it until he finally catches the critter. Uh-huh. Like, he's ready to go. Like, he's standing watch. And that's when we meet basically our second lead character, um, which is, like, this young cave boy, like a human boy, um, who later gets the name Spot from Arlo. But um, That's so original. <laughs> it's, it's like, wasn't, like, Spot, isn't Spot, like, a old, like, cartoon or book series, like, a small dog? Isn't that something? Like, See Spot I mean, Run Spot or whatever it was called? common dog name yeah it's like right. the most common like dog name yeah but you're right yeah um that's a good point they're like hey let's not you know be let's subtle not, about let's it. not beat around the bush yeah. here this is, yeah. this to be a, is dog. a dog yeah. yeah he's yeah we turned we made the he human the di- we made a human the dinosaur we made the dog a human yeah simple as that um so he does catch him joel and what uh what does arlo do though does he actually kill him no so he goes over and he starts to like like look at spot again we don't know his name spot yet but um and spots like you know rustling about he they had built a trap so like cameron said you know they built a trap and then he was going to go over and beat him over the head and so he's in there and spots like and literally making like dog noise like like growling and like trying to push his way out um and then he gets tired he wears himself out and just like lays there 
And so Arlo goes over and he's kind of like creeping up very like timidly. Uh, and he ends up letting Spot go. He mm-hmm. opens up the thing. Um, he lets Spot go and he says, hurry, get out of here and don't come back. Um, and as he's doing that, Papa shows up and sees the critter running into the tall grass. Um, and that's when he tells Arlo something along the lines. I don't remember word for word, but he says something along the lines. He's like, what are you doing? Like, that was your job. You let the critter get away. Um, you know, that you were supposed to get him. And this is where you mentioned before, like, for most of the movie, he's very understanding with Arlo. This is the one point where he's not, right? He starts to turn. Yeah, it's... He's, he's like, slow. hey, I know you had an issue with, you know, carrying or talking to the chickens, but why didn't you murder this child? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's true. It's basic dinosaur stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it is really weird that, like, his character tone just <laughs> shifts so hard. But I feel like it was more along the lines of, like, he's been very patient with him, um, and he gave him this one task, and he failed. But it's not an mm-hmm. easy task, like Cameron mentioned, like... Compared to, like I mentioned, with his brother and sister, what they had to do, this is much more difficult <laughs> right. of a task for Arlo specifically. Um, but they decide to go chase after mm-hmm. Spot. Um, and that's when things really take a turn for us here in this movie because that's when Papa is chastising Arlo as they're chasing after him. Arlo gets hurt climbing up the mountain. He injures his leg. He can't really walk. So Papa decides it's time to turn around. As all of this is going on, there's a massive like rainstorm happening and they're walking along the river. The river's starting to overflow and it comes to the point that it breaks through and it's going to wash them away. Papa tosses Arlo onto like a ridge for safety, but he slips trying to climb up. And this is where we have the classic Disney trope where they kill one of the parents. Bye bye Um, dad. And this one, I thought of this while I was watching. How similar is this? to mufasa and the lion we'll say they follow a lot of similar story beats to lion king yes um i think and that mufasa death literally every time like gets me like hard yeah it's crushing however i i think this is one of the like most brutal like parent death scenes and only because of one quick beat right before the father gets swept away he looks at arlo like one last time smiles yeah yeah. And that, like, last yeah, look he gives him is just, like, oh, crushing. my God. Like, He's I like, cannot believe I'm leaving that. now. That's Had he not, like, shown that, it would have been, like, oh, that, that hurt, you know? But, like, moving on. But, no, that was, like, it sticks with you for a little bit because it's, like, that, that visual of his dad looking at him, like, one last time was, like, crushing. Yeah. And then next in the movie, uh, two characters named Timon and Pumbaa show up and just tell yeah. – they tell Arlo, like – Arlo's like, yeah, I'm basically the reason my father died. <laughs> and the Timon and Pumbaa character is like, yeah, but have you tried not caring about that? Yeah, just don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, uh, is, wait, some th- slugs. That's what happens next, right, in this one too? Yeah, of course. It's just Lion King. Oh, right. Yeah, it's just Lion King. No, what actually happens is Arlo goes home and has to live on without – his father the whole family does and it's getting harder for them to do the harvest for the upcoming winter um so arlo needs to step in for that i want to talk about the river for a second before we continue the river is almost like another character in this movie Mm -hmm. because it plays such an important role because arlo's journey involves following the river um the river took out his father there's a bunch of other stuff that happens with the river joel you know how there's um i forget the name of this ride at california adventure you know how there's that grizzly river River rapids grizzly river rapids um i was thinking about anytime i watch a disney disney movie uh, i always think about where they could fit 
a um a ride into the theme park based off of this film what if we just overlaid the grizzly river rapids into the good dinosaur oh, rapids? i would love that that'd be fantastic <laughs> it's just like you could we just have... ex- expand pixar pier all the way over that way yeah because it's right isn't it like right across from cars land basically uh it, part of it is across from cars land yeah. yeah part of it is so yeah just why not do you what do you think would be a good idea for both for either of you a good idea for a potential uh ride for the good dinosaur at disneyland I mean, I think Grizzly River Rapids is the number one choice for sure, just because of the rest of, the rest of California Metro has I so feel much like Pixar in it sick. already. Like, yeah, that's that awful. Be, yep, yeah, that's, that's pretty, a horrible it's, idea. It's, it's absolutely terrible, yeah, it's a, but that's it's a horrible what, idea. That's exactly where it should be. It's like um, the begin. Is it the beginning or the end of the ride where the dad looks at you with that face? Oh and then, <laughs> the <very laughs> it's, it's the, the very ride. beginning, and then that's when you shoot off, and you're yeah, like. But- they have the animatronic uh, voice by Jeffrey yeah. Jeffrey Wright just like staring at you with it's this by son, look. and then you just Bye. go off into the river rapids. Um, but if not, what that... if you are? What if the ride itself, like the boat, looks like the dad? Oh, and you're like literally him riding down the water. I like that. It's like a Viking ship that's fa- uh, shaped yeah, like the Loch Ness exactly. monster. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can, uh, you can go over the geez. falls. We can have a bunch of animatronics. They can expand it, maybe go underground a little bit more. Um, well, this one doesn't even go underground, but there's a few areas where you can have some kind of like dark ride scenes, throw some animatronics in there. Maybe even we just get rid of Small World completely. Oh, and Small so no, World no, becomes no, no, a good dinosaur no, no, ride. No, 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 no. You no, like that ride? We can't do that. Uh, no, no, it's I too would, it's too important it's, to the history of the theme. It's too classic. Oh, yeah, I would never God. get rid of Small World. Oh, yeah, you so can't do that. I hate that ride. Yeah. The holiday layover for Small World is fantastic. So. Oh, my, uh, yeah. so my family, we skipped that entire three-hour line one day without knowing you know how they have like the whole the part the the line that like goes out way by like where people wait for like the by the parades mm-hmm. and like watch the parades. We didn't know that that was part of the line, oh, and so yeah. people weren't moving. And my mom got frustrated, and she's like, "Why aren't they moving?" So then we just like kind of cut like went in, instead of going through all that, we just went from one side to another, and uh, and then we were standing there, we're like, "Oh, we skipped like two hours of a wait." <laughs> it would just cut everybody, and no one noticed. No. Nice. Good shout out to the Disneyland staff. Not even noticing that. Love it. Yeah. Thank you guys. All right. So that's our pitch for the Imagineers for uh, the good dinosaur yeah, ride. Yeah, it happen. Because, you know, so many great movies don't have any attractions at Disneyland. The good dinosaur is definitely next one. On I the want list. there to be opening. A... No, go ahead. You going to interrupt me? Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want there to be a ride where I can ride on the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex that's voiced by Sam Elliott and has a cowboy hat. They could and just handlebar get, mustaches. They could just get rid of the Mater swinging ride and just make it T-Rexes Junk with cowboy hats. And, yeah, just switch it to T-Rexes, and then we're done. Easy. And then people be like, why is this in Cars Land? It's like, because yeah. it's a Pixar movie. Duh. Like, what else do you need to know? I just want to ride on the back of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But he go. has to have a cowboy hat. He has to. It's It's essential to the character. Coming um, spring of 2022 to the Disneyland Resort, Arlo's River Disaster. <laughs> Bye, Dad. <laughs> that's the so, that's, uh, the line underneath. Bye, Dad. <laughs> they, have the, uh, they have the video board, like just show replaying that scene over and over again, <laughs> just like the, as you wait in line. The ride photo is like you're facing one direction and then it's like the dad's photoshopped in looking at you like one last time. (laughs) 
Oh my god. So, so speaking of the river still as we get back into the movie, Arlo goes back to the river after like after the events with his dad happens and he actually like falls in accidentally cuz Spot comes to their camp and he's eating their rations again. Mm-hmm. So Arlo chases after him they all just fall into the river. Um I think personally that before we hit this point this movie's on a pretty good track. I think once they start the proverbial hero's journey, things kind of not necessarily go off the rails, but they become less interesting. It's just dull. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I was, like, I take notes when we're watching the movie, and there were points where, like, I didn't, there was probably, like, a 10-minute stretch, maybe even 15, where I just didn't feel like I had to write anything Mm -hmm. down. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I didn't write anything down for this movie because there was just, like, no reason to. Not It was just, like, okay, the plot just kind of moves along. Like, you know, he goes from place to place. He does yeah, thing yeah. to thing. And it's like, you know, I, I wrote down stuff for a Wrinkle in Time. I know, Joelle, you were talking about how you barely wrote anything down. That was me this week. I was just like, okay, there's not really. Because, like, it, like it, it's like at least in Wrinkle in Time, like, I could write down, oh, this, you know, directorial choice is so ridiculous. But, like, with this one, it's just so, like, as we said, so generic that it's just like, all right, it's just a kid's, you know, it's just a kid's movie being a kid's movie. It was, like, good enough to where there wasn't anything to make fun of, but, like, not good enough to where it was good. Yeah, no, because, like, no, that, was a mess of, that was a mess of words. Like, No, it makes sense because it, it's just story beats. Like, it's just, yeah. like, he gets his, it's like, an like, outline. He wakes mm-hmm. up, he wakes up. Uh, washed ashore because he gets knocked out when he falls into the river. His head hits like a rock or something. He wakes up on the shore. He sees Spot, um, and he climbs up a ridge to chase after him. And then I think Spot disappears after that, and that's when he has the part where he's trying to eat the berries. Is that what happened? I'm pretty sure that's what happens next. Um, and that's when he gets his foot stuck. Um, so that's, that's the first beat. And then he gets his foot unstuck, mm-hmm. and that's when he... Uh, I can't even remember some of these. They're so mundane that it's hard to remember yeah, which ones well, happen. Just like, which ones happen next? And well, like after that's... that, after the, after him getting his foot stuck for the berries is when he goes, and Spot shows him the berries, elsewhere on the ridge. Isn't well, it? that's he builds the shelter to hide from the rain, and then Spot keeps trying to bring him food, but yeah. Arlo won't eat it until he finally brings him the berries. The berries. And that's when Arlo delivers a great line after he eats them. Where he's like, I'm still gonna kill you, but can you yeah. get me? Can you get me more of these? <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Like, I mean, you're talking to somebody who literally doesn't speak whatever the <laughs> dinosaur language is, but yeah, sure. I feel I feel like that's still not a great thing to say, especially in a kids movie. That was just like a really weird line that threw me off. There's a lot of like death there discussion. There are a in this, lot so. of very violent things in this movie, yeah. which is another reason that I feel like maybe this one isn't looked at as well as a lot of other Pixar films. Cause like we talked about Pixar, they're not afraid to like, they don't shy around death. Like, no. We are very familiar with death in Pixar films, but with this film specifically, there was a ton of moments where people were, or you know, people with dinosaurs or critters were dying. Things were getting eaten. Their heads were getting ripped off. Like there was like reference to eating other things yeah, you know, like it was not. There's the scene with the pterodactyls where they save a critter. Yeah, that little raccoon thing. <laughs> guy just just, eat, just yeah. eats it. Oh man, uh, it's so funny. Um, but then, uh, so like you were mentioning though, they go up on the ridge to go get the berries, and uh, was it like the snake attacks? 
Yeah, it's like um, a, which a is, snake with legs and arms. Yeah, it was really weird because like I didn't understand like where evolution was in terms of this movie <laughs> because I saw that snake and it was like it it's like a Komodo dragon mixed with like a rattlesnake. Yeah, and it's like I, I don't understand like that's not a real species. Like what are they doing here? I may say well, go ahead. I was just gonna give in the Bible, snake had feet. Snake snakes had feet. <laughs> snake snakes had, yeah, had, no, I do. Yeah, had feet. And then because he gave, because he uh, was like, "Yo, Eve and Adam, eat this, uh, eat this fruit," uh, God was like, "Hey, because of your sin, you're gonna slither on your belly for the rest of the days." No, I'm sorry if Kirk Cameron didn't yeah, say Kirk, it, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> Kirk Cameron told me anything about that's that. That's true. He, he didn't uh, mention that when talking about Santa Claus. That's true. So, I I wanted to say, and hopefully you guys agree with me. But anything that wasn't a dinosaur or spot was absolutely terrifying. Like yeah. all of the like little sub creatures, the like raccoons, the little possum looking things, the snake were all just very creepy looking. Well, even some of the dinosaurs are creepy because the next one that comes in is the Triceratops character. Mm-hmm. That whole scene was wild to me. Like, <laughs> it was so weird. I like, think for, I skipped it. I think for, I like, took my cursor and was like, I don't want to watch this. And then the went only, forward. The only thing of importance that matters in that scene is that that's where we he gets nicknamed Spot. They okay. call him Spot because they keep trading back and forth names. And uh-huh. the Triceratops is like whoever, uh, whoever, whichever name he responds to that's who gets to keep him it's like okay yeah, sure, so this, this triceratops this is the the triceratops that we're talking about uh voiced by peter Sohn. yeah voice the character's the actual name is pet collector it doesn't have like an actual yeah, he's a pet like collector. name name his character's name is just pet collector um so he instead of looking like a classic triceratops he almost looks like a tree which he blends in with the tree at the very beginning of yeah. the scene and all of the you know quote-unquote branches of his you know head all have different critters on it that he's collected and he says they all have like different jobs and stuff uh-huh. which is pretty funny well the beaver one was like this is charlie he keeps me from making bad decisions yeah. or something like that it's like okay. uh, what's the yeah. last one he's like this is margaret yeah she doesn't have a job he just stops yeah, yeah. Like, she's... this is uh there was one that was like this is goal crusher or dream crusher he keeps my goals in check or yeah that was the that's the beaver yeah that's the beaver one yeah. yeah that's right that was that one was funny um but then he disappears we never see him again um, and then, uh, then there's like really, a. this is like the 10, 15 minutes where like nothing mm-hmm. happens after that. Um, uh, they, they I, start, except there's one, you can go first, but I, th- there is one scene in particular that is important that they touch on, but you go ahead. Well, I'm curious if what the next part you were going to talk about is, cause I don't remember how far along this is, but I know shortly after they meet the triceratops dude is when they have that like weird psychedelic trip. Oh, they eat right. That, they oh, eat, right. They eat this yeah. fruit. And then uh, uh, Spot looks down at the fruit and realizes there's, like, flies on it. And yeah. he looks up at Arlo. And then they both, like, slowly kind of doze off. And then their heads switch. Or, no, uh, Spot's head gets really big. Yeah. And then Arlo's face changes shapes completely. It's like a Picasso style. Yeah. Kind of like a, they do an inside out. And yeah. then after that, they go into, like, this, like, weird psychedelic trip where they're like running through the hills together and they switch heads and then there's a part where spots like laughing and a tiny arlo is in his yep. mouth um during that sequence is when you can see the little luxo ball from uh the, you know the one of the little pixar oh really they throw in all the films yeah i didn't um, see that but yeah that whole scene was very out of place and really bizarre granted funny and a nice little step away from the kind of dull story that we had going on but it was very random and very out of place is that the first like drug trip in a pixar film 
was it a drug trip because that's what it felt the, like because well I, I i know that's what it felt like but technically if the fruit has the flies on it i think what that just means is that it's been ferment uh fermented so i think they're drunk they're more like drunk yeah. oh okay yeah that makes sense but the way got, yeah if it's got it, fruit flies yeah i'm assuming it's because is that the it's... is that the first instance of a drunk character yeah right in a pixar movie <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, especially yeah, two, it, especially two children characters. Uh, I was going to say, no, there's, uh, they're drunk in Ratatouille. Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it yeah, definitely, they, they try to play it off as more of like a, you know, a psychedelic type thing. Cause they're seeing all kinds of weird visuals. Yeah. And... That's what they were going for visually. I, I hear what you're cam- saying, Cameron. It makes sense, but I feel like yeah, story no, wise, it's a yeah, it, they're going like an acid. Like, it was like an acid trip basically. Yeah. Um, but the only scene of real importance that happens before we meet the pterodactyls is they have like that that scene at night where mm. they're talking about their families, and we find out that Spot's parents were dead. And then that's when the movies decides to be like, oh, wait, we're Pixar. We have to talk about things that make people sad again. We forgot mm-hmm. about that. But it is a very important scene because it shows that like they're somewhat similar in terms of losing somebody important. Uh, the only difference between them is that Arlo still has a family he's trying to get back to. And Spot is on his own, which is a very important beat uh, for them. But that's the last like emotional, emotionally touching moment until we get to like the last like five minutes. Because next we have the scenes with the pterodactyls, which Cameron, I guess you would say are our villains of the story if we had to pick one. Sure. <laughs> like this is the thing. It, it's just like it's a journey, but kind of what kind of. I, I, I mean, Arlo did do more than the kids did in Wrinkle in Time last week. Um, but, like, it's a journey, but it's, again, it never feels like Arlo really earns anything that he does. Definitely more so than last week, but, like, um, it literally is just him going from place to place. And the events that happen are just so mundane. Yeah, yeah mundane, it's just, it's, and they're it's just... not, they're not, um, you know they're forgettable they're very forgettable like okay so you know when you talked about the acid trip i had even forgotten about that i forgot yeah, like that's probably too. one of the more memorable parts in the movie and like i had forgotten about that you know he talks to the pterodactyls and the pterodactyls is like this you know weird like almost like he's part of a cult you know conspiracy theorist kind of they're thing. like, sto- like they're like storm, storm chasers yeah they're storm chasers basically. yeah it's like and, and it's like okay so they're kind of this villain but like like i like they're kind of the villain that they need for like that's not man versus nature kind of thing you know dinosaur versus nature like okay we need like a actual human or you know dinosaur kind of uh antagonist but it's like but why like like it seems like more inner turmoil would be more interesting like and i guess maybe again i guess maybe that's not the movie that they were trying to make but yeah it's like each each thing that they do each time they introduce something new even when they introduce the tyrannosaurus rexes which was you know my favorite part because at least there's someone else that you know arlo can talk to and like there's at least someone something else that he can do and like you know we can build a little bit more character it it, it just i don't know it just feels so like you just it's just so boring it's just such a boring movie yeah no i agree i mean I definitely think it's a boring film, which is why I think I felt the way I do about it. Again, I don't necessarily hate it, but just compared to everything else, it just doesn't feel as exciting or as much happens. Um, contrary to what you're saying, I 
enjoyed i mean i think i get what you're trying to get at but i enjoy this a lot more than i enjoyed watching wrinkle in time oh absolutely Um, yeah i know wrinkle in time had like stuff to actually make fun of and stuff but i i could if someone said hey you want to come to my house and watch good dinosaur with the family i'd be like sure like i'd go watch that but if someone invited me to go (laughs) see wrinkle in time like i'm not gonna go watch it like i don't think i'll ever watch wrinkle in time again you know i think the thing about the good dinosaur is that the good dinosaur and this is going what you say exists in the pixar universe Mm -hmm. and so no one will ever be like hey i'm gonna watch a pixar movie time to put on the good dinosaur that is never going to happen Mm -hmm. yeah you're right like there's so many film if somebody just said you hey let's watch a pixar movie tonight tonight you wouldn't even think of this one like i could legitimately see someone turning on the wrinkle in time like a wrinkle in time because it, it because they hate the person they're hanging out. Well, with. no, but like it, like it has some, like it has background. They want to see the adaptation. They, you know, they like uh, Ava DuVernay. They like, you know, they <laughs> oh shut up, a- Ava DuVernay. Ava, D- shut up! I know I can't pronounce. I'm terrible or du- at names. Or is it DuVernay? Right? DuVernay. 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 Yeah. DuVernay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But like, so it's like I could see people being like, yeah, this is something that like is it an experience that they'll enjoy or even an experience that they might finish? Probably not. Like I could see people turning off that movie just like I can see people turning on the, uh, turning off the good dinosaur. But like, the thing is, is I don't think anyone will ever. Well, I mean, be like, Hey, I'm going to, I want to watch the good dinosaur going along the situation. You just set up, you made it sound like they were watching a wrinkle in time for the first time, which if that's the case, I could see people wanting to watch Good Dinosaur just to see it if they've never seen it before. I see. You know I, I mean? don't even see that. Like, well, let me yeah. tell you. Let me tell you this. I, I, I granted it's a little bit different, but we just had a comment on our Instagram post. Someone just watched this for the first time the other day before we even announced this. Someone commented, "Oh, I literally just watched this." You know, so I, I think especially well, that's if you have media. kids, those people don't matter. If you have kids, <laughs> I'm kidding, and, you I'm know, kidding. and a younger audience, like there's a good chance at the end of the day, it is a Pixar film, whether it's the, I, the best I, or the worst. I bet there were a lot of people that when Disney Plus first came out, mm-hmm. this was a movie that they didn't see in theater because they heard of the backlash and then then watched it when Disney Plus. Because right. I I think there's a lot of people that did that because that's what I did. I didn't mm-hmm. see th- I didn't see this. Oh, you hadn't the seen this before? No, my oh. first time watching yeah, this. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. When Disney Plus came out, I decided to catch up on some of the Pixar films I hadn't seen. I it looked touch- good on I, a big I, screen. Yeah, oh, because vi- I could see visually why as it would. Yeah, like, it's like we mentioned, the visuals look great. But I want to touch on a couple of these story beats because I want to get to. Um, I just want to go over these real quick because like, these all of these things kind of happen in like a fifteen minute span. They yeah. go. Yeah, the ter- it's quick. The, the ter- they meet the pterodactyls. They rescue a like a chinchilla almost basically. Uh, that's what it looks like. Um, they rescue the chinchilla, but the pterodactyls are actually trying to eat it, so they tear it apart. And Arlo knows that if they find Spot, they're gonna kill him too. So Arlo hides him, but uh, Thunderclap is that his name? Yeah, Thunderclap. Yeah, Thunderclap, voiced wow. by Steve, voiced by <laughs> voiced by Steve Zahn. Um, He's like the leader of the storm chaser pterodactyls and they find spot and they chase after him. And that's when we meet the T-Rexes, the T-Rexes come in and chase the pterodactyls away. Um, but then the T-Rexes are like, we don't have time to all. Meanwhile, all this is going on when Arlo's still trying to find his way home. Right. Uh, Cause he asks everybody that he meets, Hey, can you help me get home? He asks every single one of them. Uh, and the T-Rex is like, we don't have time to help you find your way home. We lost all of our, I guess they were like water Buffalo, I guess because um, they're ranchers basically it's really funny how like some of the dinosaurs are still just like predators but then the t-rexes are just why do like, they ranchers. have jobs 
Why are they? Why it's are weird. They, why are they hoarding? Or why are they ranching the buffalo? What is no, that for? That's, that's my point. Like, why are some of them the farming type, and then the pterodactyls and these other ones that I want to touch on are just like dinosaurs? They're just regular but dinosaurs. They, but see, they're not even farming for survival. Like, that's the thing. I get like what Arlo's family is. They're you know they're doing dinosaur stuff, but <laughs> sorry, they're doing like farming stuff so that they can survive. Yeah, but like. Why the hell are they herding buffalo? It's not well, like they it, own like a cattle ranch. Well, no, like, didn't, didn't oh, they? they <laughs> it sounds like I they think, do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they say that like the buffalo got it because like the son. There's like, there's the father T Rex who's mm-hmm. voiced by Sam Elliott, who I still think is the best character in the movie. Um, and then there's the son and the daughter. The daughter's voiced by Anna Paquin, and the son is voiced by AJ Buckley, who's like not that known of an actor compared to the other two. But it's like I think they basically say like yeah, uh, uh, the the boy dinosaur Nash, the girl's Ramsey, and the father's Butch. They're like yeah, Nash let Nash let the herd out, and we had to go chase him down. Um, oh, I missed that. No, it's okay. It's totally important because they gloss over it, so it doesn't. It's matter. hard to it's hard to like get all those details yeah. when you have it in fast forward and you're yeah. skipping. <laughs> you're running it two times. Right. Yeah. Um, but then there's these dinosaurs that are like poaching the the herd, like. Joel, do you know what kind of dinosaurs the what did they call these guys? The, the wrestlers. Yeah, what kind of dinosaurs are these? I those are velociraptors. Yeah, so well, I is that what them, they were supposed to be? I interpret them as velociraptors, and I that scene makes me very happy because the velociraptors pop out of the tall grass, which is yeah. exactly pulled directly from the Lost World. It's true. Uh, which is which would made me really really happy. Um, so yeah, I interpreted those as velociraptors. They don't say it directly, but it's you. If you look at the details about them, they're in the tall grass. If you look at their feet, they have one large claw on their toe. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're, and they're that was cool because they had feathers. So I yeah, guess and it's they had like feathers. So it was like evolutionary. Yeah. Right. That's accurate. why I could. That's why I couldn't tell what they were because I saw that they had like hair and feathers mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was yeah. like, was it like a like a bird dinosaur hybrid? But that makes sense. Well, birds are dinosaurs. Raptor. That's a good point. Dinosaurs yeah. are birds, evolutionarily speaking. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Arlo helps the T-Rexes rescue the herd from uh, – what did they call them again? What were they called? The rustlers. The, the bad rustlers. guys. It, the rustlers, yes. One of you. them. Yeah, there's like four of them, and they rescue the herd, and then Arlo is helping them until he sees the mountain that he has to find in order to follow the river to get back to the farm. Can I touch on two things really quick from that little segment? Absolutely not. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I thought it was funny when the they're sitting around a campfire and they're talking about like their scars because Arlo and Spot both got scars. Um, oh right! So yeah. they're like talking about like oh scars are good like it shows your adventures. Uh, when the sister is talking about her like story, she says she was stuck between a rock and a hard place and had to bite her tail off. Yeah, a rock in a hard place is Aaron Ralston's book, which 127 Hours was based on, and right. he has to cut his arm off to survive. So I thought that was a nice, fun little kind of like that's fun like, oh, link that over cool. to that. Yeah. Um, and I also one of the biggest saving graces for this film, in my opinion, was the score. Uh, Michael yes. and Jeff Dana always doing great work. Um, they did Life of Pi. Uh, they do phenomenal. My favorite track in the whole film is actually that scene when they're running off after the campfire. The, the score at that section is just absolutely gorgeous. And I think that's one of the one of the biggest takeaways in terms of positives from the movie. Yeah, well, Pixar always does a great job with the mm-hmm. score, regardless of the film. Um, and it's always funny with the T-Rexes, how they're like, 
they're they run like they're like on a horse like yeah it's like they're like galloping so like really going into like the they should be wearing stuff. a cowboy hat yeah like, <laughs> exactly exactly and should be everybody's new favorite ride at disneyland exactly second favorite ride second the one behind. where you ride the dad who's being dragged away by the <laughs> deadly river oh right yeah that's <laughs> that's <laughs> river disaster yeah. you're yeah. riding their dad's corpse yeah. hour and tw- an hour and 20 minute wait <laughs> so, um so he branches off from the t-rexes and he like they can see the mountain and they're talking and he uh, arlo tells spot that you know you'll love it at the farm it'll be your farm too and then we see another human character in the distance which kind of hints that there are other humans out yeah, there we do. wait um, you're telling me that this child isn't the only human in the right. world but i'm saying like there's like <laughs> we didn't know where they were coming from so no, clearly clearly they are in civilization i mean they're cavemen style humans because we never hear one of them talk ever in the entire film um so we don't know how advanced the human race is at this point they're dummies um but uh we see that uh spot is intrigued to go get closer to this other person like him and arlo grabs him and basically tells him like nope sorry we have He's to like, go home sorry you don't get your family I yeah do, which yeah. is really really off-putting that part like, that was a very it like makes you like all of a sudden like oh I've been rooting for you this whole time and now like uh Arlo Arlo's like you remember how I miss my dad yeah. if I can't have my dad nobody can yeah I was never rooting for Arlo at all in this movie to be perfectly <laughs> honest like I like this movie I don't like his character um that much at all I think the mm-hmm. side characters and Spot I was rooting are way for the nature or the pterodactyl. <laughs> He's just rooting for the pterodactyls to just take out Arlo. Um, They're hungry, man. They were hungry. We, they... I will say that was a line I enjoyed in the. I know this was a while ago, but when they when they landed, they're like, "Are you hurt or injured?" And he's like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That was uh, that was a really good line. Uh, that's one that goes over your head. Uh, that was funny. Could go over your head pretty quickly. Um, Speaking of the pterodactyls, though, this is where they come back in and uh, they attack Arlo again because another storm comes. Um, they attack, and this time they capture Spot. And this is like the, uh, this is like the big climax of the film because Arlo goes tumbling down uh, down the mm-hmm. mountain. They push him off, and he gets stuck in those branches like uh, like in Tarzan, like those like tree branches. Um, and um, Arlo hits his head again, and this time he has like a vision of his papa coming to rescue him and but the papa is clearly a ghost and arlo's trying to communicate with him um but eventually he realizes that this is just his fear Hmm. taking over and arlo decides no i have to save spot i love him he's my friend and then we have the line from the ghost papa where he's just like knew you had it in Mm you you're me and more i think that was the line yeah because it was a line that he says earlier in the movie yep to um, gut rushing right and then uh that's the final stop on the what was the name of our ride oh it was river disaster yeah so that's that's how it ends yeah you're me and more and then your dad goes away please exit the vehicle to the right hand side <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's like on the et ride at universal when he says everybody's name your it's name like the same thing yeah it's the same thing um you're me like, and more cameron like, <laughs> <laughs> um dad Arlo, you're back <laughs> you're back you did it you survived and we're just away from the family this I whole time i missed you <laughs> mom and i we missed you 
We missed you. You you left to go get those psychedelic fruits and never came home. <laughs> um, so this is where Arlo goes back. Spot is trapped in a log, and the pterodactyls are attacking him. And Arlo takes out four of the five pterodactyls like it was nothing. Like <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like all of a sudden he's like Rambo going in there and just kicking <laughs> them out. Like he headbutts Rambo. two of, he headbutts two of them right into the That's water funny. and they just they wash downstream. That was a funny joke. Thank you very much. I was practicing it all week. He headbutts the two into the water. Then two of them try to t- uh, carry him away while the Steve Zahn one is still trying to eat spot. He uses his tail to just knock out an entire tree limb. Just one swing of the tail, knocks it down entirely, and the tree falls on the other two pterodactyls, knocks them into the water, washes them away. Then it's the final battle between him and uh, the main pterodactyl. Thunderclap. Yeah, I'm going to forget his name as soon as the show's over. Um, Thunderclap. All that really happens is Arlo distracts him enough for Spot to take a bite out of his wing. Mm-hmm. And then Ar- and then he tries to fly away, and Arlo tosses a tree branch at him, and he falls into the water as well. So once again, the river. A just phenomenal cla- throw, by the way. Yeah, it was a great throw. Yeah. Um, once again, the river just claiming even more lives in this film. You might say he's a Philip Rivers. That was terrible. Right. That's the end of our show, folks. <laughs> that was really bad. Wow. That was really bad. It was very top, very topical. Yeah, but it was very not- bad. I thought it was good. Yeah, all of uh, all my friends in India are gonna love that. Yeah, you're he welcome. Mentioned, he mentioned our quarterback. That's my team. That's my is he uh, is he retiring? Does uh, he sing? Well, they're playing the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. They got the seventh seed, so I'm sh- I sure hope for their sake. He's I'm a Broncos play. fan. I don't know what the playoffs are. <laughs> uh, you'll get there eventually, though. Um, and then the finals. I guess like the final ish part of the movie. Um, Joel, you want to tell us what happens with the river going forward? Because he doesn't necessarily save spot right away. Yeah, so he ends up going down river with Spot trying to catch up to him. He realizes there's a waterfall coming up, just like an Emperor's New Groove type thing. I actually kind of like what they did with this part because instead of him actually like saving Spot and pulling him out from the river, he basically just catches up to him mm-hmm. and then like I don't know, like engulfs isn't the right word, but he kind of like he protects Coddles him. He like him. yeah, he like rolls up into a ball and has Spot uh y- you know within his his clutches. Uh, and they go over the waterfall together, um, and then we will both die. Yeah, and then you're just like you're stuck on this like static shot of the river, and then Arlo's head like pops spots up trying and he has to spot in his mouth. Spots trying to get out of the river, and Arlo's like, "No, you're coming with me." <laughs> um, so that's how he ends up saving Spot right there. Um, so he does save him though eventually because uh, they fall down the waterfall right. together and uh and the water the waterfall basically puts them to the point where arlo can finally see his farm um how that's convenient what, i know right it's like it was like game of thrones where everybody could magically teleport wherever they needed to go in the last like couple seasons mm. um but before they go to the farm uh that human that we saw earlier comes back and we realize that he has a family so it's like a male and a female and then a daughter and a son and this time spot and arlo let them get closer and spot and goes and interacts with them and this is like where the heart of the movie like everybody talks about that moment in a pixar film where like it tugs at your heartstrings so much that like you like you start to well up or you get emotional say what you will about this film but the part where spot basically has a family now but he mm-hmm. also wants to still continue along with arlo and arlo pushes him away to go be with this family like it it was an emotional moment like it did 
I didn't it get did, emotional. It oh, did. Both in the th- I, and I knew Cameron was going to say, that. oh, this yeah. is not emotional. Now, both in the theater. Wow. But when Ryan Gosling opens a jazz club, Cameron's yeah. just welling. Okay. <laughs> did you see the way Adam Driver punched that wall? <laughs> No, both uh, both the scene, both the first circle scene. Um, <laughs> Ryan Ryan's out of contention for a second. Um, That's funny. No, both the first time where where they're talking about their deceased family members and they draw the circles, like I tear yeah. up there. Uh, but the part at the end, like you're saying, where where Spot's trying to go with him and he's like, "No, like this is your family now," and he draws the circle around them. Both in the theater and then in my bed today, watching this again, I was like crying i'm sure yeah, you were no, crying not not in like your bed crying bawling my eyes out but like a, a, a good cry probably had nothing like, to do with the movie moment. just a daily thing just a daily <laughs> I, was like, thing I, was like, about, I was like oh my god Cameron it's the day love marriage story and i had to it's start the, crying it's the daily we're 10 months the into daily quarantine. Cry. Yeah. yeah 10 months into yeah, quarantine well. kind of time to cry i was, i just think it was a very emotional moment and i think it's if you like put it up to par with like some of the other pixar movies and like their emotional heartstrings I feel like most people wouldn't recognize this one as as top tier some of the other ones but I think it I think it hits like mm-hmm. I think I think For that sure. moment hits the prop the reason that someone like you Cameron doesn't think it does is because everything leading up to it just is boring. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think at that point you were so set on the fact that you don't, and not to you know, put words in your mouth but the way it sounds is that Please you Please tell just me so, how I felt, Joel. You were <laughs> so much to the point where you didn't like this movie, that nothing was going to save it. Well, I want to be clear. It's not. The, I don't think this is a bad movie. I just I like. I just think it's boring, and I don't think I like. I will never, ever, be like, "Hey, Good Dinosaur." That's a movie I should. I I don't think I'll ever talk about the Good Dinosaur again after this podcast because it just is a movie that just exists and can be forgotten. Whereas I, I even know I talk about Wrinkle in Time because at least there was an impression that was made on me. I forgot about the good dinosaur because it was just so boring. I would have turned it off if I didn't have to watch it for this podcast up to this point because it was just boring. And so, no, I didn't care about when the family... Well, because Spot, he was a dog. I don't care if the dog goes and gets his family. Like, he's a dog, but he's not a dog. It's like, the reason why we care about dogs is because they're dogs, but when he's not actually a dog, it's like, I don't care about him. Are you okay? Are you, are you, okay? Are you good? That was What a run that was okay. right there. I just think it's crazy that, that you feel like you would talk about a wrinkle in time more than this. Like, I'm literally oh, absolutely. probably... Wow. Like I that that's baffling to because me because Wrinkle in Time was at least there was memorable stuff in it, like at least there was stuff like the, that was like the so veg- dumb, like the vegetable monster lady, yeah, yeah. and giant Oprah and the kid who's just like, hey, I'm gonna touch Oprah's cheek as we fly by her, or when the kid's like, I want some food, good roasted food, <laughs> or when they get in the tree and it flings after she does like all these equations or whatever, and she's like, how'd you know it was gonna do that? Or you know, everyone's saying. Um, you know, uh, George, uh, Charles Wallace. Charles yeah, Wallace. Char- yeah. Everyone's saying Charles. You already Wallace forgot his name. They only well, say no, they only say it like fifty times uh, in the but movie. But like, like at least there's stuff that's memorable about that good dinosaur. I I don't I didn't even remember anything about them. 
I didn't remember that the dad died. I didn't remember that the, you know, I didn't remember I feel like any you, of this stuff. I feel like you were so caught up realizing, uh, like. No, I or, don't or, mean I don't, I didn't remember <laughs> that for the podcast. I had no, forgotten. I know, I know that's come back. That's such like a huge plot point. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, we must have had two completely different experiences watching this movie because there was a lot of stuff that stuck with me, even if it wasn't my favorite. Well, we go into the final scene of the film now. We get ready to wrap this up and get ready to go into whether we want the refunds or not. But the final scene in this movie, Arlo comes back to the farm. His mom embraces him. The siblings embrace him. And then he's finally able to put his print, his mark, on the silo in between his mother and father's print, just like his father wanted him to do. And then we end. That's it. We roll credits. What an ending. Which I kind of had an issue with because like... they don't show him like – telling his family this is what i just went through <laughs> so it kind of like plays off like oh you're back put your put your paw print up on the <laughs> yeah. silo now like yeah. oh you, you you're actually alive uh, yeah go ahead yeah you know? no i i, get, I yeah, would have I liked a little it. bit of like a oh like i did this and i did that and i'm so sorry and you know whatever like i don't know like it's, it's like, like he he got home and he looked at it, he's like this is what i'm here for after this, I'm gone. Yeah, <laughs> and they, like, could, they couldn't get Francis McDormand to record any more lines. Yeah, just sorry, like nobody's going to talk. Like, yeah. not even the brothers. All of a sudden, the brother and the sister both are, like, smiling and happy he's back like, and whatever. And, like, yeah, like, sure, brother. like, yeah, my brother's alive. I'm sure they're going to be happy. But, like, I don't know. It just seems like they could have given us a little bit more. I would have been like, end. whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you do to earn that? Yeah. yeah, right? He gets to put his higher than the other two. And, and Arlo's, <laughs> uh, what's his name, Buck, is like, how do you? why do you deserve that? And Arlo's like, all you did was dig some trees out of the ground get out of here he's get like lost. i helped kill dad <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean yeah I, <laughs> he knocks the dad's brick out of there and puts another yeah. one in and puts his paw print on there he goes one above it <laughs> instead um i'm the new just, man of the house yeah, i'm in charge here um so that that's the good dinosaur um do you guys have anything else you want to touch on in regards to this film, like, for example, Joel, do you think there's anything they could have done to make this a better movie? Uh, hearing what Cameron was saying about that potential original story idea where it was more of like a dinosaur civilization kind of type thing uh, would have been interesting. But if we're going to stick with the story that they went with here, I think just more needed to happen. You know, like the, the whole scene in the river at the end where he's fighting the pterodactyls isn't terrible. Um, the scene where he's you know helping with the herd out isn't bad but it just feels like everything in between that there's just so much that doesn't happen in between those scenes it's literally like we're just watching them travel uh that it feels like it's just kind of you know leaving a lot out cameron do you think there's anything that could have made this movie better i think what joel's saying about traveling is a good point um because like i don't like the movie moana because I think oh. there's so much dead space in that movie. I think that Moana is also a very boring movie. Different companies, but I think obviously Moana is more memorable than The Good Dinosaur. Because um, at least there's good music there's, in I'll it. Say, and there's dialogue too. You know, there's like dialogue. All the characters yeah. Talk, yeah. Uh, and it has The Rock, so obviously it has that going for it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying about the travel. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I really think that they, I really do think that Disney had such a hard time because this is one of the things I was reading is that in the original, in the original script, apparently the director had such a, he just couldn't come up with a final act. They had the first two acts and they just could not get the third act down. Um, and that was something that I think they went through so many story reworks. They went through so many rewrites 
that they were just kind of they just kind of didn't know what to do with the with the concept and so they're like okay let's just go with a very generic let's just go with a very generic plot his dad dies he gets swept away he wants to go back home and let's try to focus on those moments in between and that's something that works you know there are many movies that are kind of like this trip and it's the little moments that make up the movie like i don't know if you guys have seen wild with reese witherspoon it's kind of the it is kind of the same thing going through nature and it's like these small little moments that are so important and make up an interesting story and it's like well rather there's not really a story but you focus on those moments and so that's something that they could have maybe done here but like again the moments aren't that interesting and they don't do anything for arlo specifically like when arlo meets the triceratops what does that do for anything for the story it doesn't do anything you don't see you know you don't really see anything at all when he meets the pterodactyls what does that do for the story not really anything at all like you could say like okay the stuff with um you know the tyrannosaurus rex kind of does something for him but it doesn't change really change him at all because we see afterwards he sees the parents of the kid and he's like no you're still coming with me so it the story is just very it, it's just very weak there aren't memorable moments in here it's it's um it's kind of a failure in my opinion i don't think it's a bad movie uh, by any means I don't I don't think it's a good movie I think it's a fine movie but again I would say it's definitely one of Pixar's biggest failures yep I would agree I think um if you just in regards to in line with other Pixar films it's definitely bottom tier there's no doubt about that even as somebody who likes the film like I do um I think it's definitely a bottom tier film uh I if I had one thing that I could think would make it better just put more Sam Elliott T-Rex in the movie and I'm fine just give just put him in it more that was my favorite part of the movie yeah i mean he Let's can almost even more. take over as a father figure for arlo you know sure yeah why not lead him on the whole journey back home almost. yeah it would have been a much better film if anytime you can get sam elliott in your film it you turns out the more. good dinosaur was the friends we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> and with that note it's time for our podcast most important question would we want to refund and i would actually like to answer this first because i'm going to keep it very simple um, I think this is a good movie. I think it has problems, but a lot of movies have problems. Would I watch this again? I think I would. I think I would watch this movie again. Um, and I didn't see it in the theater, but at the time that it came out, it was about eight and a half dollars to get a movie ticket. I wouldn't ask for any money back for the good dinosaur. Um, Cameron, I'd like for you to go next. Gotcha. Um, no, I, I wouldn't ask for a refund. Um, it, it it doesn't do it's not you know it's not offensively bad or anything you know where i think wrinkle in time last week i asked for a refund because it, you know it does it was offensive i just think that this movie doesn't really do anything great i think it does some things okay i do i do think that it, it, it fails in many aspects but it's not a bad movie you know it's not a movie coming out of theaters where i thought wow this movie really really sucked um it's just again a movie i saw i'm like okay i'll forget about it Okay, and Joel, you picked this. Let's hear what you have to say. Um, very much in line with kind of both of you, kind of. Um, I'm also going to ask for no money back. Nice. This movie is f it's fine. Cameron used the word a little while ago, like, it's fine. And again, going back to the whole reason I picked this was really just because we are so used to Pixar having hit after hit after hit yeah. that it was bizarre to see a Pixar film have this sort of reception um both 
in terms of money, which we saw wasn't too bad. Um, but just audience, you know, a, a lot of people I talked to just the other day, a friend of mine, we were talking about Pixar and, you know, she mentioned like, oh yeah, I can't think of a bad Pixar film other than the good dinosaur. <laughs> like literally she said yeah. specifically the good dinosaur. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And I think that's um, a common sentiment you'll find. Right. Yeah. And, and to be completely honest, and this is going to be almost like backwards of what we normally say is I think I might even pay to see this again in a theater Oh wow! Because of the fact that it looked so good, like I really walked out of the theater, like wow, like those environments were insane. Um, so if it was like a half price ticket to come see it again, I, I would go see it. You know? Go see it in like the Dolby Theater, right? When those to go open see again. Some, right. Check out the sequel tour show. Would I pay half price? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's uh, that's interesting because this is the first film on our show where none of us asked for mm-hmm. our money back. So standings are still the same in regards to the refunds. Joel, you still have the most money banked back. Crazy. Um, one day, one day somebody will take that from you, but it'll, it is not this day. Um, so with that in mind, it's time to announce our next film, and it is actually my turn. I am going to go with a film by one of the more maligned directors in recent history. He's had a lot of hits then had a lot of misses and he's trying to make his way back with some more recent films. But this one that he did is in line with maybe the worst that he's made. And there's a lot to choose from. Is this M night? It is an M night. Oh yes. Yes it is. Okay. We are going to do the Will Smith and Jaden Smith led after earth film. Oh, okay. I have not seen that, but the fact that you chose Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm very happy because I never want to watch that movie again. <laughs> oh, I was I was gotta tell you it, it crossed my mind. So. <laughs> well, thank um, you. Yeah, but I think that I think this one is just gonna be a worse time for us to watch because you know what? We'll save it for next week. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. It's gonna be a fun time. So guys, that'll do it for this week's episode of the I'd Like a Refund podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Before we go, as always, Cameron, where can the folks find you? Honestly, I'm not streaming anymore, so uh, <laughs> he's, too, he's too. I'm busy. too busy. Uh, yeah. You can find him on this podcast. You can find me on this podcast. That's <laughs> where I am. Uh, Joel, what about yourself? Uh, Instagram at Podrafan or your local In and Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can find me there too. And you can find me at the Rye Guy 16 on all your socials. As well, you can find uh, the, the I'd Like a Refund podcast on RefundPod at Twitter, Instagram, all other socials. And then also check out our podcast on Apple, Spotify, all of your podcasting platforms. Folks, thank you so much for joining us this week. And as always, we will see you next time.